Baseball with the Bard. Hello, everybody, and good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to episode six of Baseball with the Bard. Six episodes already, Noah. Can you believe it? Uh, it's exciting. I'm ready for 10 <laughs> so I can do the thing, but we'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> so good morning again. Uh, I'm Tyler Bard, your host, and that is my best friend over there, Noah Cross, the magician, joining me this Sunday for a, another episode of Baseball with the Bard. So let's get it kicked off how we always do, talking about how COVID is ruining baseball and all other sports right now. The Subway Series, the most looked forward to rivalry game besides maybe the Red Sox-Yankees of the season, uh, is canceled because of COVID. Um, The Yankees, once again, have been slighted by COVID, not by them catching it, but by the team they're about to face being affected by it. Uh, I have a note here to the Yankees. Uh, the Mets flew home, uh, rather, on Thursday night and are in New York. And the team said in a statement that the traveling party was tested at City Field on Friday morning before being sent home to quarantine. The team does not plan to work out at all this weekend or attend any of their games. So, Noah, we can't escape it. Yeah, and especially Yankees, huh? It's crazy. This is, what, the second series now that's been uh, derailed because of coronavirus, the, their opponent they were supposed to face. Obviously, you can't just let them play because it just doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, it stinks that the, it was postponed there. Uh, and also stinks, as, as we've been talking about so much, is that the, all these games have to be made up in order for the season to count. You can't just not play right. them. So the Yankees are going to have a tough uh, schedule. They've got to make up three games now again. So they're going to have yep. a doubleheader probably somewhere. They're going to have a tight schedule, have to jump on an airplane quickly and, and to get somewhere else. So this is definitely going to affect the players and affect the team negatively and having to be uh, have a lot of strain uh, on themselves and, and all around. But it's just, you know, you don't like to see it. That's for sure. I hate that this – it feels like for a little bit there we were like, oh, shoot, everyone's back. We got baseball. We're going to play. And then all of a sudden it just takes one. Uh, and and we're back to back to square one where we have to adjust for what's going on uh, with COVID. But otherwise, pretty quiet. <laughs> pretty quiet. COVID's been like, all right, baseball, I beat you up enough. Um, but there is the note that Joe just passed down to us below here that says 36 games total have been postponed this season. 36, Noah. That is a ludicrous amount of numbers. Like, uh, you'd expect that if it was, like, the beginning of May and there was a lot of rain, Uh, but this is because of a sickness, a virus. Um, And we never had to deal with something like this before, and it's just unfortunate to see these guys – who you know have been waiting this whole offseason to come in here uh, and and come into a great season. This was supposed to be a massive, massive year, especially with the tough offseason, with the Astros scandal and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and everyone being all up in arms. Um, So let's just hope from here on out. I'm I'm more uh, optimistic that the season will continue at this point. There hasn't been any sign to say it's going to end. So Manfred has... At least if he's thinking it's going to end, he's kept that close to his chest. Um, so we, he hasn't shown any signs of closing the season out. Um, but, yeah, I, let's, let's get a, from one mellow topic to the next. Steven Strasburg is out for the season, uh, season-ending injury. Or not injury, but um, ailment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going in for a uh, surgery on his hand because he has carpal tunnel. Um, just, oh, what a massive loss for the Curly W's over in Washington. 
Um, I just don't know what they're going to do without this guy. It, it just even, even though he's incredible, he is a presence as well. And a presence in the clubhouse uh, could be a massive uh, component to a team doing poorly. Um, and I, the article I wrote earlier this week about Kevin Pillar, he's saying the guys aren't having fun. They don't have a clubhouse mentality. And he blames that on a big reason to why the Sox are doing so poorly. I think this could be uh, an effect on the Nationals. What do you think, man? Uh, I'm going to have to disagree, only because uh, going into the World Series last year when you had the Astros versus the Nationals, the one thing that I kept saying would give the Nationals a bit of an edge was their starting rotation. Not because everyone is you know, an all-star ace, which you, they do have two of them, I would say, in the likes of Strasburg and in the likes of um, uh, the, the man on your screen there. Um, but the biggest thing I'm saying is, uh, they have depth in their starting rotation. They have enough yeah. people that can just pick it up and just keep on moving. Um, you know, you have uh, Patrick Corbin, you have Anibal Sanchez, who are able to go and give you depth, give you innings. Uh, they're good pitchers. You have Max Scherzer there. So it, it's not a thing that I think is going to derail them to the point where it's going to uh, throw them off for the rest of the season. I think they're going to be able to sustain the momentum that they have that was started at the beginning of the season and just keep moving forward. Uh, because again, they have depth in their starting rotation. They have four solid, had four solid, now three solid starting pitchers. I mean, you look at a team like the Yankees, who barely functioned last season, and they had two starters, sometimes just one actual starter in the rotation there for a solid portion of the time, and they were still able to win as many games as they did, just using bullpen and things like that. So I think the depth of their pitching rotation uh, is going to be a major benefit to them. Uh, they stack themselves to, to succeed in that, and it's going to save them here, if you ask me. All right, yeah, that's a, that's a good take. They're, they're an incredible team. I mean, they won the World Series last year. Um, so they, they should be able to come out and, and overcome uh, this massive hurdle. But Strasburg, man, he's, he's just a different beast. But, you know, you could say that about the Red Sox in 2018 when Chris Sale went down. Everyone's like, ah, that's it. That's it. They're not going to make it. And they, they managed to pull it out. Um, and they're an incredibly fun team. Um, they have so much fun playing the game. Um, so I personally hope they do really well. I'd like to see them have a great postseason run again. Um, so Strasburg, best of luck to you. Hope you heal up well. With, uh, and we'll see you next season. Um, good luck to you. Um, so let's get on to a more fun topic here. Uh should players <laughs> abide by the unwritten rules of baseball? Yes or no, Noah? Oh, okay, I know what your take is on this. I, for one, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in a bit of a, a, a mixed match here. I think there's a couple of them that are like, meh, all right. Uh, however, the one we are going to discuss today, I would have to say, stop it. No. Yeah, so Fernando, for, for those who don't know, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam in the late inning games. I believe it was Monday night's game uh, when his team was leading by seven on a 3-0 count in the eighth inning. Um, yeah, it's, it's not usually a great look. But listen, this kid is incredible. He has been on an absolute tear. The Padres are, I believe the stat was, the first team in Major League history to hit Five grand slams mm -hmm. in a week. Mm -hmm. um, so they are absolutely killing it right now. I believe that the unwritten rules of baseball are bogus. Absolutely bogus. And Joe, if you're around, I'd like you to jump in and join us for this one. Um, I think these unwritten rules are insane. And uh, Noah and I agree on some of them. I'm curious to see what your take is on it. 
Well, here's my thought, and 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 I think in some cases they make sense. In other cases, it's a judgment call because you're talking about a rule that doesn't have uh, any sort of punishment if you do violate it, right? right. So you're, you're supposed to take a 3-0 pitch fastball down the middle, and now the count is 3-1. and one. Now, you know, statistically speaking, that every time you get another strike in the count, your batting average goes down. Right. And now it's 3-1. Now, what if you, sir, don't follow the unwritten rules of baseball and say you throw a curveball in this here 3-1 fastball bases loaded count? And you throw a nice hook. Now it's now it's a full count. So right. no, I've just basically handed this at bat over to you, and you didn't even give me the courtesy of a three-one fastball. So uh, which which of these unwritten rules do you enforce? What's the penalty? You know, I thought it was disgusting too that Texas would throw at Manny Machado, and I hate Manny Machado, and I am right. generally in favor <laughs> of people throwing at Manny Machado. He did not. He did not deserve that. This is the one time I will stand up for Manny. As far as the stealing of a base, by the way, stealing third base, in the next game that Tatis did uh, while they were up by seven runs, that's probably not as cool. Oh, but hilarious, though. because Uh, Listen, he's got great energy. I would like to just point out to you guys that uh, Reggie Jackson, of all people, and, and I know a lot of people were like, oh, what did Reggie have to say? Well, you'll be shocked. He said, Fernando Tatis, keep playing hard and playing great. It's a pleasure to watch you play. Love your success. And the Padres rise to be a winner. Keep leading the way. No. It isn't easy to hit homers. Keep bringing energy after the game. We need players like you. An all-star. And no how about this one? Go ahead, Noah. Uh, why, don't, why don't you take uh, Trevor Bauer, the lunatic oh, no, of no, baseball? That's your guy. I love Trevor Bauer. He was the best. Hey, I touched each other. Listen up. Keep swinging 3-0 if you want to, no matter what the game situation is. Two, keep hitting homers, no matter what the situation is. Three, keep bringing energy and flash to baseball and making it fun. And four, the only thing you do wrong was apologize. Stop that. And I am a huge fan of Trevor Bauer. Go buy stuff oh, yeah. from Bauer Outage. It's the best. Troll. He trolls the Astros like it's nobody's we business. We have plenty of shirts Plenty from of him. Bauer shirts. And I agree. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with Trevor Bauer here. Just to keep playing. Keep bringing energy. Listen, are we going to let the kids play or are we not? Like, which one are we going to do? It's we have literally the, the motto of last season. Here. Exactly. But now and now we're throwing at uh, opposing players because someone decided to play baseball. His job is to hit home runs. His job is to get the put the ball over the field. He's just doing that. If you don't like it, pitch better. Put better guys on the mound. Amen. I don't have anything for you. Cam Newton like put it that. Cam Newton said that in, in the NFL because every time Cam scored a touchdown, he does the Superman celebration where he rips, you know, pretends to rip his jersey open. And people used to get so upset about that. And he says, if you don't like it, do something about it to stop me. Don't throw a ball at my head. Are you insane? That's insane. You're a, you're a crybaby and a child like Madison Bumgarner of, of Giants. <laughs> or is he on the Giants still? Or is he, did he, did no, he, he's he on the Diamondbacks. Finally, now. they got, well, right, Diamondbacks. They finally dispensed of his crybaby whining attitude when people hit home runs off of him and marvel at them because they hit the cove. I can't stand that. And it seems that this old baseball mentality comes from pitchers and almost always pitchers. I'll just point out too, by the way, this is what Fernando Tatis looks like. And if you don't think that the blonde hair dreads and the fact that he's uh, a Latino ball player doesn't have something to do with people being pissed off about him, you know, not following. This is a kid. This is a kid who spent his whole life, by the way, 
in a baseball clubhouse, his dad was a pretty good player himself. So I think he knows the unwritten rules of baseball, and I'm sure his dad, like him, thinks that they're cute, but that you don't have to follow them. So absolutely, yeah. Don't. Absolutely. I, I'm with you, Joe. We're not gonna. We don't have to follow these rules. Be respectful, yes. Uh, but if you got a chance to hit a grand slam, you better be hitting it, or yeah. I'm. I'll bench you. I'll you bench you if you ain't swinging. You got to play. You got to play. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. And the biggest thing is, I, I was I forget who whose clip this was, but the way they put it was like, oh, so they're going to this unwritten rule that he has to take this pitch, right? Because uh, he's three and zero. Oh. All right, uh, the t- the other team isn't going to try and win the game now, right? For the rest of the game, like they're just going to sit back and just swing at everything or just take every single strike because the right. unwritten rule says that they're not supposed to try and extend their lead anymore. So no. therefore, the, the the Rangers were just going to stop and sit back. No, they were going to try and win the game. They weren't going to right. just sit there and let the Padres take it. So are you like? What do you want them to do? Lose? Like, who's to say the Rangers weren't going to come back in the ninth inning and somehow right. win that game by by miracle? Because it's happened. It ain't over. We've till all it's seen over. it. It ain't over till it's over. So uh, you got to just play the game. This ain't the little league boys. Take your diapers off. Time to put your big boy pants on, and it's time to play the game. If you lose, cry about it. That's the best. You know, on that note, I've seen the Yankees come back a couple years ago against the Red Sox. They were yeah. nine nothing, and I. I was at a game in 2005 where the Yankees, Randy Johnson started, gave up back-to-back-to-back home runs in the third inning. The Yankees were down 10-2 in the fifth. They came back and they won the game 20-11. It was the greatest comeback, the greatest margin of victory in a comeback from the largest deficit in Major League Baseball history. The stadium was almost empty when people left. They were booing Randy Johnson. I was screaming at them for booing Randy Johnson because you don't boo Hall of Famers, of course. You never know what's going to happen to baseball. But if everyone just follows the unwritten rules, first of all, the game's a lot less entertaining. And B, I feel like there's, like Noah said, kind of some quit in the game, you know, where – if if I'm down eight and I'm what I'm just taking three L pitches, I'm first pitch swinging just to get the game over with. Are you trying? You know, it, it would be a team like the Texas Rangers, which is just a historically crappy franchise. That that would be the attitude that they would take. That doesn't surprise You're me. You're right. It makes sense. It makes sense that the ones who are salty are the Texas Rangers. I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, that's that's our take. I, I let us know what you guys think down in the comments. Um, and on our page, we're going to keep talking about this all season, I'm sure, because I'm sure it is not over yet. Tatis got all the gasoline for the rest of this ride that he needs from Trevor Bauer and Legends to keep showing off. Let's just hope he doesn't become a Puig where he shows off too much. I don't think uh, so. Just, you know, just, you know, a nice touch where you, you watch a home run once in a while and you, and you trot a little slow. Here's why Tatis isn't going to become a Puig, because Tatis just hits the ball. He hit the home run, and that was it. Like, he literally said nothing. He ran the, he hit the home run. He ran the bases. Sure, he, made a, he might have leaned back a little bit and watched it sail. If you hit a home run like that, you should watch it sail because that's just impressive. He didn't, he didn't take his helmet off. He didn't sure. like, pump a flex. He didn't jump around. He hit the ball. He ran around the bases, and he went back to the dugout. Like, he played the game. So right. why are you, what, are you, what else do you want him to do? You know, that's why Period. he's not going to become the Puig. He's humble. He just hits the ball. He runs the bases. He sits down and let's call it a day. Like, that's it. The only thing you could do to combat that is to strike him out. Don't. Yeah. Do you something like about it. it. Strike him out. Like, that's it. So that's, we're calling you out, pitchers. Do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> strike out um, I dare you. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, something I don't love. 
16 starting pitchers on the IL right now, Noah. 16 with non-COVID-related injuries. For sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, the, the 16 there, it's, uh, it's a lot. And I think the biggest thing is – actually, Joe, thank you so much for joining us for, the, uh, for that talk there, my friend. My pleasure. Always glad to jump on with you guys. Absolutely, uh, appreciate it. Loving the show. We'll have a good one, buddy. Um, yeah, 16 pitchers here. You know, it's insane. Uh, there's a lot of factors that are going into this very odd season. So in looking at all of these starting arms, as we know, it's, being a starting pitcher puts a lot of strain on your body. It puts a lot oh, of strain God, on your yeah. arm, your, your shoulder, your elbow, all nine. You see Tommy John surgeries popping up like, you know, like uh, crazy all over the place. And now with this reboot of the season, starting pitchers have to – uh, they had to a couple months ago get started. They had their original spring training, and then they had to just cold stop, C- cold turkey, just boom, done. Yeah. Completely stopped working out every day with their regular regimens. A lot of them were trying right. to throw in their hotel rooms or throw at home or something like that. It's not the same when you're a major league baseball player. You're throwing 100 miles an hour, and you're putting that much strain on your arm to just stop, and then literally a couple months later say you have to get ready in two weeks. And that's exactly what happened to a lot of these starting pitchers. And now we have guys, uh, the list here is insane, too. We have Verlander, Strasburg, Kluber, uh, Stroman, Charlie Morton, and Kirby Yates, as we discussed last week. All of these guys now are on the injured list. Uh, And and why do you think, Tyler, is the biggest reason to blame for this surge in the starting rotations all across the league having all these injuries? Yeah, I saw you put that, that question in the script, and it's such a great question because I don't think there is one reason as to why but if i had to pinpoint it i think it's got to be the fact that they just weren't ready uh to start the season no one was warm enough um and they're still coming out and pitching these incredible speeds trying to switch it up throwing these different uh velocities for their different pitches and they're just going too hard and hurting themselves um it could just be a coincidence that uh these guys are all just rusted from uh, not being able to start early, and they're just getting hurt from throwing too hard. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, it could be a plethora of things, but I think you hit it on the head there. It's just they uh, started and then stopped and then started again, and that stop caused their muscles to not be as loose as they would have been going into a regular season. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, easy explanation is COVID. COVID <laughs> is the reason, even though they don't have COVID. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. I, I, my biggest thing is at, at what point this this is this was a shower thought, by the way. If anyone was wondering, I mean, everyone knows you get the best <laughs> ideas in the shower. Uh, Noah's that Noah's shower thought section of the show here. Um, Hashtag Noah's shower. <laughs> is that at what point does it become risk over reward? At what point is the risk higher than just saying, you know, what we have to just stop because we are literally just our players are falling apart. Not only like, obviously they had a crazy start, right? They had to start, stop and then start again and get hot quick. And now their schedules are absolutely insane. Like it's not a regular baseball schedule. And then you look at all these teams, for example, like the Yankees with James Paxson, the guy can't stay healthy. I mean, he's got the forearm issue going on now too. Um, Right. But if you're looking at a guy like him, and the schedule is supposed to be so tight. The Yankees have to play all these double headers. They're going to be calling on their starting pitchers to try and get as many innings as possible. Like you have a guy like Garrett Cole going out there. You want him to finish the game because you know you're going to have to play another game at 3 o'clock or you know, later on that day. And you don't want to kill your bullpen because who knows if you're going to need him. So it's one of those right, things. Right? Right. At what point is the risk just not worth it because we're just seeing our players literally get beaten up so much. And they're right. literally falling apart. Like They're dropping like flies at this point because their bodies just can't handle the strain that is being put on them by this not only 
new season, but this accelerated season and us having to make up all these games and do all these things and jump through all these hoops. So, right. And I, I was curious to see if all these injuries would affect these teams because obviously they will uh, with win loss ratio. Uh, and that is important because the playoffs are kind of right around the corner. We're about halfway through this season, which is wild. Yeah. Um, and if the playoffs were to start today, a lot of these players won't be playing uh, because their teams are in the postseason. <laughs> um, and I think we have a graphic uh, of whether the players were going to, uh, I'm sorry, not players, if the playoffs were going to start today. Um, yeah, so World Series 2020, we're looking at the Yankees, the White Sox, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Oakland Athletics, Baltimore Orioles, uh, the Twins, and Houston rounding it out for the American League. Uh, and then on the National League, it's San Diego, uh, L.A., the Marlins, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Atlanta Braves. Mm. Uh, all of those teams, except maybe the Marlins, <laughs> uh, could I see winning a seven-game uh, series against another opponent? Um, the Marlins just are there because they've played less games and came back on a little bit of a hot streak. I don't expect to see them in the playoffs. Uh, everyone else on there? Oh, minus me, the Orioles? <laughs> um, have, all have a good chance. Um, no, Ovi, if you don't get out of my chat with that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> oh, Ovi, for those who can't see and are just listening on Spotify or wherever you find your podcast uh the host of the hard hit and wrestling show uh Ovi Muniz just posted that Houston is going to win the world series out of spite uh, spite of what Ovi they don't have anything to be spiteful for they are guilty 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 and I hope they don't win another game for the rest of the season um actually I I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind to see uh uh Oakland win the world series this year <laughs> Um, Stop see, it. Maybe see like an Oakland versus the Dodgers. No. Uh, anything that's not the Yankees would Tyler, be fine with them. Tyler. Yes. Stop it with this Oakland actually getting what? past like a wild card. Listen, <laughs> stop it. Not a chance. I, 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 that was, you know what? Two shower thoughts in one show. You're getting a double, double, uh, daily double here. Noah's. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Tyler is delusional is right. The athletics will not I'm, make it. We're going to come back to this episode at, in the week we're covering the World no, Series. And I'm going to play no, this clip. we won't. We won't be coming. No, absolutely not. Anyway, let's look at the. the thank you. Let's yeah, look looking at, at the standings. standings Tampa Bay has taken the lead because they swept the Yankees. Mm. What a brutal, brutal sweep. Um, but we all knew Tampa was going to do well. And God, I'm so happy because the prediction king keeps being king, and I'm at the top where I belong. Tampa Bay is the top dog right now. We'll get to the Yankee segment in a little while, and I'll dive into that. Yeah, uh, so we're happy to see it. Tampa Bay at the top. What's the Minnesota at the top of the Central, and Oakland at the top of the West. You said we're happy to see it, Tampa Bay at the top. What's this we? Uh, we is in me. Yeah, that's it. That's the only. That's the only we. Listen, you and Joe as the Yankee fans can sit in second place and hope for a wild card spot. <laughs> Excuse me. You mean I, I mean, don't what, want, what listen, listen, nine and nineteen. Listen, listen, nine and nineteen. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> I will say, I love how Joe just keeps slapping graphics up there, it's like Red fun. Sox are in last place. We don't have to talk game. about the Red Sox. Well, I guess we do because uh, the Red Sox are the next segment. 
Um, so getting into the Red Sox. So let's look at the here. National League first. We're going to look at National League real quick in the standings. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sure Joe has yeah. his stat pulled up. Um, Atlanta leads the uh, East going 16-11 and 11 right mm-hmm. now. With uh, Chicago, uh, I think that's Chicago. Yeah, I can't. Sorry, yeah. I have my uh, vision is poor right now. Chicago's Chicago the is yeah. also sixteen and ten, and uh, the West is led by the Dodgers, who are twenty-one and eight. Oh, Look at the Dodgers, God. dude! Look at the Dodgers. I'm gonna They're looking dang good. This is this is off script, but I'm just gonna. I, I want to hype someone on the Dodgers for a minute for good reason. Uh, Walker Bueller is a stud oh. of a pitcher. Yeah. He's still in arbitration, which I don't know if a lot of people still know that. He's still in arbitration right now. He doesn't even have like a full contract. He's like a Josh Hader story, if you ask me. A guy who's just incredible, could have a big contract, but is still in arbitration years. Uh, If you ask me, Walker Bueller is going to be a hot ticket item once he's able to uh, become a free agent and actually sign a big contract. If you, I, I think he's uh, the next stud in the likes of pitching. Like I, I think he's going to be Verlander level of a starting oh. pitcher. Oh, I, I don't know what it is. I just love Walker Bueller. He has great stuff. I remember his game last season um, when the Dodgers got eliminated. He started that game against the Nationals and kept them in it until uh, the bullpen and Clayton Kershaw yeah, blew it. Blew it. But Walker Bueller, he put his heart out there. And I, he was in tears after that game, I remember. Because, I mean, he knew if you're a guy like that, you go out there and you give everything you have to give your team a chance to advance to the championship round. And you get eliminated Brutal. after your blue pen, after your bullpen blows it and you, they put in a starting pitcher that had no right being in that spot. That's just nuts. What are we sleeping Steve, on? We're not <laughs> sleeping on Toronto. So, Toronto's just not at the top right now, so they're not worth talking about. Uh, when they start also, showing up and beat in Tampa and the Yankees, we'll talk, Steve. Also, you mean the Buffalo Blue Jays? They're playing in Buffalo. Yeah, right, right. They're, they're not, not the Toronto <laughs> Blue Jays this year. They're the Buffalo. Yeah, Blue I thought Jays. you. I thought you were a fan. You should know yeah. that, Steve. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's move on to the uh, least satisfying part. Uh, <laughs> but the Red Sox oh, actually. This is one of the better weeks they've had in uh, in this season. They went three and four on the week. It's still a losing record. Uh, but, hey, listen, they did it. They did it. Um, the Sox were on a three-game win streak. Uh, and they honestly, honestly, they should have won last night. The Red Sox should have won. And the mm-hmm. bullpen blew it um, in the eighth inning and in the tenth inning. The Red Sox retook the lead both times. And the bullpen just could not hold the lead. Um, so yeah, the Orioles tagged the Boston bullpen and the Sox three game win streak with a five, four victory last night, uh, making the Red Sox finish by a, uh, three and four record this week, which, Hey, three wins. All right, big, let's big go. Ball. And we maybe, almost, we almost hit double digits on wins. How maybe about them that? Like the, uh, maybe them like the athletics will make it to the playoffs or something. Maybe make it past. And, listen, one. anything's mm-hmm. possible in a 60 game season, Noah, yeah. you're going to be laughing when the Yankees are in last at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Can you put that Tyler's delusional thing up at the bottom again, please? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, as good as this week looked going in, we could have almost finished over 500. Uh, the Red Sox made a big move. Uh, they traded relievers Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry to the Phillies for starting pitchers Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold. Um did not see that coming. Mm. Heath Hembry, as much as I love to make fun of him um, for his how bad he used to be, massive staple in the Boston bullpen. And Brandon Workman, uh, wow, he's been incredible in his career with Boston. So it was weird to see these two go. But I'm glad that, uh, like I always am, with, I'm a Patriots fan. When I see players go, 
uh, they always go to a good team. So I'm happy that they are going to, uh, to go. Um, I, no, I'm not surprised they had a winning streak, Ovi. They did very well. Um, and I, I think it is a, it's going to be a good move for the Red Sox um, in the long run. So I have some stats here I want to read to you, Noah. You'll, and then let me know if you think this will ultimately um, help the Red Sox in the long run here. So the 27-year-old Pavetta, who was under team control through 2023, went 19-30 and 30 with a 5.5 ERA. Uh, and a 1.43 whip in 92 outings, 71 starts for Philadelphia from 2017 to 2020. Uh, he w- he has allowed 10 earned runs and five and two thirds innings in three relief outings this summer. Not great, not a great start for him. Um, so hopefully we can see him do something a little bit better uh, when he comes onto the Sox. Then there's the 24 year old Seabold. Uh, he's 11 and 10 with a 3.52 ERA and 40 outings and 34 starts during his minor league career. Philadelphia drafted him in the third round in 2017 out of California State Fullerton. He went 31 with or three and one, excuse me, with a 2.25 ERA and 2.40 batting average against uh, in seven starts in at the Double A level last year, and he began that season on the injured list with a strained oblique. Um, so, looking okay. I like that those stats a little bit better uh, than the ones from uh, Oh come on, Mr. Uh, Pavetta. So Seabold looking a little bit better. Do you think this is going to help the Red Sox or hurt them that they lost two of their best bullpen pitchers? Here's the thing. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt the Red Sox because the Red Sox were in a tough spot with starting pitching is what we've been talking about this season so far. And if you would ask me, that's the biggest reason they've been struggling so much is because they don't have inning eaters, period. They don't. And then their bullpen gets overtaxed and they end up giving up runs late in games, which all, which costs you the game. You can't do that. Um, Yes, I would say that the Phillies made out in getting better all better all around pitchers. However, I would say the Red Sox definitely benefited because if anything else, leaving all these stats aside, they have starting pitchers who can now simply eat innings. Listen, you got to finish the season. You got to just go. At this point, I would say the Red Sox are more in damage control than anything else. But this is a move that had to happen because they had to help out their starting rotation there to keep that uh, pace moving. So when it comes to the Red Sox or Phillies benefiting, yes, the Phillies, again, got better overall pitchers. I would have to say that the Red Sox, however, are going to get that assistance in that starting rotation that they desperately needed uh, to be able to carry through and to continue moving there uh, with with the progression of this series. So – I would say the Red Sox definitely made a smart move on their part, whether it pays out or not, or whether it helps them out in the long run. I honestly don't think it matters that much because at this point they're literally just preserving their club and making sure right. they can keep moving forward because you have to have people who eat innings, plain and simple. You can't be pulling. This kind of felt like a flop, did it not? Like the, it wasn't uh, either way. It wasn't one way or another. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I don't think anyone made a huge benefit. I think both teams just kind of tried to, um, I wouldn't even say improve, but simply manage their weak areas. And the Red right, Sox were right. starting and the Phillies was in their bullpen. They, they just had to do that, and, and that's what they did. Um, I, I, think, uh, I, I think it was a better move on the Red Sox part. The Phillies were already good. Um, they did add two great, great, um, two great arms to their bullpen. Um, but the Red Sox needed starting pitching. So I think it was a great move on their part. We'll see if it works out. Um, and, you know, as, as much as I hate to say there's no hope for this season, um, it is a rebuild. It's definitely time to get the team moving in a new direction. 
Um, so I'm okay with how this worked out personally. Um, I just hope that it can continue that way. Um, so signs are bleak, but the true Red Sox fan in me is saying that we cannot lose hope just yet. And I would like to talk about lose hope. If we could talk about the defense of the Red Sox. Uh Oh, did I lose connection here? No, I still have you, Tyler. Oh, never mind. Uh, I think what we were going to jump into is the defense of the Red Sox there. And as you hear many a times, defense wins a game, which is a very true statement. Um, when you're a defending player, you have to make sure that your team can stay in it. And defense is what's going to do that. Uh, not all, You can't rely on your pitchers to get strikeouts all the time. You have to be able to have that defense uh, in the stands there. So uh, if you see there, they got Pilar out there making a beautiful diving catch out in the outfield. As Tyler has said many a times, he believes the Red Sox have, if not the best, one of the best outfields in the game with the likes of Pilar. You have um, uh, Andrew Benintendi out there, and you have, uh, what's his name there, my good friend Jackie Bradley Jr. out there in center a lot. And those are three solid defenders, right. as, as you always say, if not the best, one of the best uh, out there in the outfield. So, yeah. No, I agree. Kevin Pillar and our defense could win it by themselves. And I apologize for cutting in and out here. My uh, Wi-Fi is acting up a little bit. So, uh, we'll, we'll hope, hopefully I can get that under wraps here. But, yes, you're right. Um, I do say the Red Sox defense alone could win a World Series. Um, we just need a little bit more offense, my boys, and a little bit more pitching, and we'll be good to go. Um, so with that, let's move over to a segment that will maybe surprise everyone. Didn't go the Yankees' favor this week. Uh, you want to give us a little uh, quick summary on the Yankees to start this off? Yeah, and, and you see the headline there. It's plain and simple. You can't get any more simple than that. The Yankees continue to struggle against the uh, the, the Rays. They have your what, number. They do. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I have a couple theories, and I hope you do as well, as I'll ask you when we get down the line here. Um, first off, though, to start this segment, the Yankees are still being plagued by that injury bug in a very, right. very big way. It's insane at this point. This season so far, there's been seven players that have headed to the IL for the Yankees. And as we said, we're only halfway through. And this week was a very tough one um, as we had Zach Britton go down, who is a solid, solid bullpen arm. We right. had Glaber Torres go down. As we know, Glaber freaking Torres is a fiend out there on the field. And James like Paxton. Glaber. Yes, like a good Glaber Torres is there. And then we had Paxton go down, who, as we saw last season, had an incredible 10-game skid in being able to put together a lot of wins. But as you see the list of injuries there, Aaron Judge with a calf injury, Giancarlo Stanton hamstring, LeMahieu with a thumb, Britton hamstring, Tommy Canley is out for the rest of the season with Tommy John, and who knows how much next season. Glaber with the hamstring, and Paxton needs an MRI on his elbow to see what's going on there. Thankfully, I did hear that Paxton is – uh, they think passing is clear of Tommy John surgery, which right. definitely is a big relief. Um, I just hope he can get back to true form because as we've seen this season, he hasn't been able to visit his uh, great production that he had last season. Glaber could be out for a few weeks. Uh, Paxton will be out for a few weeks and they think Britain will be out for a week or two with that hamstring injury. Uh, I literally put in a script here, Tyler, as you saw, what the hell is going on? Uh, as we know, the Yankees retrofitted their entire training staff after last season's debacle when it came with all of the injuries that were plaguing the Yankees. My biggest thing is what is actually going on? Did we solve any of the issues the Yankees were having um, with all of those injuries from last season? Uh, as we can see this season, I don't think so. From what it looks like to me, the Yankees haven't really been able to move forward uh, and to progress in uh keeping the injuries down. Uh, we have seven and all of those injuries, but I would say are fairly yeah. similar 
He had a few hamstring issues, a few elbow issues uh, up and down. Uh, I would say the thumb thing with LeMahieu, that was a freak thing because he had, he had a prior injury. But when it comes to all of the injuries that keep accumulating, what is going on? Did we fix yeah, it? You know what, Noah? If it were any other team, I'd be concerned for that team. The Yankees have personified the uh, notion of next man up. Um, and they have absolutely secured their bench and minor league system uh, to make it so that they are always ready for uh, an injury. They always have someone to come in with what used to be the likes of Gio Urshela, who has now earned a position, um, Kyle Higashioka. There's always someone ready and sitting in the wings to come in and, uh, and, and be productive for the Yankees. So, yes, injuries, do they suck? Yeah, I want to go to the ballpark and see those guys. Those are the guys I want to see. Uh, but Yankees, they can they can get through it. And I, I don't think you guys should be uh, hanging your heads and just yeah. yet. As much as I do agree, like because last season, if you look, they still won 108 games with their AAA team going out there for a majority of that season, okay? The biggest thing that I think um, derails any team when they have a lot of injuries is the Yankees were not able to hit a stride last season that was able to be sustained through the playoffs. The Yankees got all of their big names back for the playoffs, but they came back for, what, like two weeks, and now they're just expected yeah. to kind of just kick off where they left off before. It's not going to happen. And that's just not how, to me, that's not how baseball players are built. So in the long run for the entire season, yes, the Yankees will be fine with their next man up mentality. But as we saw last season, all those guys are just going to disappear. We're going to bring back everyone else who were somewhat cold. And just expect them to be able to just jump into the playoffs and play the best version of baseball that they've been playing the whole season when it's not the same yeah. people. That's unrealistic, obviously. Um, but as I said a few minutes ago, if there is a team that can do it, the Yankees are going to be the ones to do it. Um, oh, so yeah. don't hang your head yet, Mr. Cross. I'm not, oh, I'm, not hanging, I'm not hanging my head at all. I'm not hanging my head at all. But where um, you could hang your head is that you were able to sweep the Red Sox, but not the Reds. Yeah, the Yankees <laughs> were able to sweep the Red Sox in a big way. Um, that was a great series to watch if you're a Yankees fan, obviously. And the Red Sox, as we talked about before, weren't able to get a whole lot going, uh, which obviously helped the Yankees' record there. However... The pesky Rays, as a lot of people refer to them, uh, have no chill. They will keep on pushing. They keep on moving forward. Yeah. And the Yankees continue to struggle against the Rays in the worst way, getting swept three games in a row by them. In game one, Tanaka couldn't make it out of the fourth inning. Um, in the first game of the series, he gave up five earned runs and posted an ERA of 460. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. However, Sanchez and Voigt, as Luke Voigt will talk about in a little while, uh, were able to pop a few home runs there. Voigt with a uh, two-run shot, Sanchez with a solo shot. Being the true Yankees, relying on that home run ball. However, they couldn't really get any more offense mustered up there uh, after uh, Tanaka gave up that lead early on with those five runs. It was very hard right. to come back from, and a solo shot ain't going to do it, and it didn't do it. Game two looked promising no. with Garrett Cole in the mound, our ace. Uh, we were hopeful. I'm always hopeful when I see Garrett Cole. I'm like, oh, thank God Cole has the start today. It should be a good game. We should get a good win. Uh, he only allowed two word runs and racked up 10 strikeouts, which is impressive for any pitcher. But the Yankees could not get runs across the plate, as you saw Luke Voigt again in this game coming through. And Gio Rochella were the only ones to drive in runs in this game. Uh, the Yankees lost that one to the Rays because they simply couldn't uh, keep themselves in the game offensively. Garrett Cole did his job. He kept his team in the game, and the Yankees could not keep it together. Um, and you have, as you see there, G-Man Choi is a monster. And I've said this to Tyler before. He is a yeah, scary hitter. <laughs> I love him, when man. I, I love, I love him. G-Man Choi. 
He's fun. I, I love watching him play. He's a great player. He is He's a so scary, scary hitter. I don't care who you are as a pitcher. I mean, in this game, we took Garrett Cole deep. He can turn and burn like a lefty, as we hear all the time. Like, it's nobody's business. It doesn't matter if he's playing at the Short Porch Yankee Stadium or here in the Dome in Tampa Bay. G-Man Choi can rip a line drive or rip a home run off of anybody, and he did exactly that. Scary, scary hitter that you don't want to have to face in a big moment. Uh, and then game three there, we had James Paxson. Didn't do too, too bad. Uh, didn't do too bad there. He still hasn't found his stride that he had last season in the last 10 games. He gave up three runs in five innings of work, and he had eight strikeouts, which, again, is not too bad. Uh, however, in rare form, the bullpen fell apart in game three there. They allowed seven earned runs. Uh, not a great day for pitching on the Yankees' side. The Yankees had 10 hits to the Rays, eight, but ended up losing that game 10-5. to five. The Yankees just simply couldn't capitalize with runners in scoring position. I think they left a total of seven to, I want to say, seven to ten uh, players on base. So, uh, and that image right there is actually where Gosh. Britton injured himself uh, with that hamstring injury. Uh, the second I saw him start limping, my heart just dropped. And I was like, here yeah. we go. Here we go again. You just know sometimes. Yeah, it was the worst. But after that. You know what? Uh, they, although they've been doing poorly, Noah, uh, for the last three games, it's nice to see some players. It's not affecting them. Like Luke Voigt. Yes. Luke Voigt has had an absolute week. He had a streak of four home runs in a – not four home runs in a row, four games in a row with a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of which you, you, home we've run been game. to Yankee Stadium. The atmosphere for Luke Voigt is real. Oh, absolutely. People love that guy. Absolutely. You get the Luke chance going yeah. if Luke you're not a Yankee. Yes, Luke Absolutely. Boy. Yeah, Yankee Stadium can't get enough of Luke Voigt, and he is showing true Yankee form here, surging, as I like to call it. Ten home runs, as you see there in the 70 at-bats, absolutely insane. His ratio of home run and every seven at-bats leads the major league, so he is definitely a New York Yankee Bronx bomber, uh, to say the least. An average of 311 and an OPS of over 1,000, absolutely uh, killing it there. Um, so it's good to see Luke Voigt yeah, being able to have some of you play. audio listeners – for, for some of the audio listeners who may not know exactly who Luke Voigt is, the guy is built like an absolute tank. Oh, absolutely. He is a unit who you just see him and you're like, that guy can hit. And you assume he's either a first baseman or a catcher just off of how the dude is built. <laughs> um, and wow, he can absolutely rake. I remember when he came up last, last year. Two years. Was it last year or two, two years. years ago now? Um, but I just remember because he had a shortened season because he joined the season so late and he hit so many home runs right off the bat. He hit, mm-hmm. he was, Oh, that was the season where the Yankees had about seven or eight players in double digit home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of them after joining the Yankees very late in the season. Um, so I'm very excited to see what the future holds for Luke Boyd. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. And we keep going back to it stinks that a guy like Luke Voigt, it stinks for him because he finally found this huge stride. If you have a haircut like that, you're going to hit a lot of baseballs. Um, <laughs> he found this huge stride. He's finally starting to surge, and then they have to sit on the bench for four weeks, on four days. Right. You know, so he's finally getting hot. He's finally finding his swing, and now he has to literally wait for the next series. And the Yankees uh, had four days off because of the canceled Subway Series or postponed Subway Series. The next game isn't until Tuesday, the 25th at 7-10, and we have Tanaka starting uh, that game for us. So uh, we'll see how that one goes. I hope Luke Voigt can keep the heat that he's been bringing over this last week here. I mean, it would be good for the Yankees if he could. 
because you need some sort of consistency with your team going down with injuries. And let's hope for the Yankees' sake, Luke Voigt can be that guy. Absolutely. Um, but that's about all we have right now for the Red Sox and Yankees. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in to Baseball with the Bard, episode number six. Uh, if you love podcasts, come visit us at clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and even true crime. There's 26 shows on the CNG network right now, and if you don't find one that you like, why not start one yourself like Noah and I did? Uh, we can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 a month, and clovercrestmedia.com is the name of the website. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit clovercrestmedia.com and click, click the link for the latest on your favorite CMG podcast, as well as the sports podcast and blogs with video and all of the latest info. For one last time, this is Tyler Bard and Noah Cross for Baseball with a Bard. Thank you all for tuning in. Baseball with the bar.